Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 friends in prison. It's an exciting time. The mailbox is full, and we have brand new pen pals to discuss. Where do I begin? I don't know. I think you're going to just have to hold on for a second, because I have to go back to the very beginning of the story. I really love pen pal websites. Of course I do. That's why I made a podcast about them. My favorite one is writeaprisoner.com. And you can use that one. You can use Pentacon. You can use Friends Beyond the Wall. You can just Google pen pal websites, pen pals in prison, that sort of thing. But my favorite, not a sponsor, is writeaprisoner.com. I like it because they have a really easy search option. I'm not looking for someone who I'm going to date, for instance. But if you were, and you were interested in physical characteristics, you can narrow it down by everything. Height, weight, eye color, hair color, physical build, all of that stuff. But if you are like me, you might want to search for things like hobbies, religion. You might be interested in when they're getting out of prison or how old their profile is. For instance, you might want to write to somebody who just got their profile up on the site or Sometimes I like to look for people whose profiles are about to expire. Sometimes it says needs mail. And I think that that's just people who get email. I don't think they keep track of who's getting snail mail, like the people that I write to. So anyways, I really appreciate the work that is going into a site like writeaprisoner.com. Those people deserve to get paid for the premium product that they are putting out. But I don't want to pay for it. I really like the fact that for you and me, it's absolutely free. You can go and search all of the profiles and you can write to whomever you choose. It is the people who are in prison who pay $65 to keep their profile up for one year. Totally reasonable, right? A little bit more than $5 a month. You get this profile. It's easy to search. You've got your photo. You've got your profile with all of your different information and your little blurb. Oh, and by the way, when you are searching on writeaprisoner.com. You can search for something super specific. If in your life you want to talk about your football team or your favorite manga or your favorite series of books, for instance, and everybody else around the kitchen table is just tired of hearing about it, you can search for that specific thing. And if it comes up in somebody else's profile, it's like magic. You suddenly have somebody as excited, if not more excited to discuss this topic than you. I mean, it's just, it's a win-win, right? So go search for that specific thing. I promise you will not be disappointed. Okay, so where's the problem? Everybody sounds happy, right? The problem is, if you're in prison, $65 is a lot of money. I just imagine that most people in prison exhaust their savings in their defense They've lost their job before they even go to prison. Sometimes it's embarrassing if you've been arrested to try and go and find a new job. So people go into prison with little to no money. You might be saying, well, don't they have friends? Don't they have family? They could pay the $65. Put them up on writeaprisoner.com. If you have friends and family who are willing to pay $65 for your pen pal profile, then don't you have friends and family who are willing to write to you? And and it's not totally true. You know, my friend Juan and my friend Daniel both have very supportive families. And I know that Daniel has some friends who are writing to him and he still wanted to get more mail. It is 
just so helpful to help the the time pass and to have somebody else as a sounding board and just to have a friend, right? That's what we're looking for, a friend in prison. But what about those people whose friends and family don't write to them? And you know that that is the bulk of people in prison. Their friends, their family, they they feel awkward. Sometimes they feel betrayed because of whatever behavior got this person into prison. Sometimes they just don't know what to talk about. Letter writing is kind of a lost art form, right? So they may not know how to begin writing back and forth. These are the people desperate to find a pen pal. And yet this $65 is a roadblock for them. What can we do about it? We could start a scholarship campaign, donate money and say, hey, (coughs) I just want to let people know if they want a pen pal, there are some scholarships available through whichever site you'd like to contact, right? We could get a group together either at a community center or a church who are willing to write to pen pals and contact a prison directly. One of the things, I mean, I'm serious about this. Most churches, at least the couple that I've contacted, are open to the idea of using the church address as the address where you receive mail from your pen pals. So you don't have to give them your exact address. You don't have to pay for a P.O. box. You just meet once a week at the church, you pick up whatever pen pal letters are there, you write to different prisons, maybe if you didn't receive any pen pal letters during your meeting, contact them and let them know, hey, if there are people who are looking for a pen pal, we are also looking for pen pals. No $65 fee, no problem. I have not tried this particular um, tactic yet. But the other thing you can do, you don't need a physical address. You can write to people through email using JPay or CoreLinks. You don't have to tell people what state you are living in. You don't have to tell them your last name. And you can correspond with them through email that way. So you could contact a prison and say, hey, I'm looking for a pen pal. And I want to use an email service. Okay, so what steps am I taking currently? Those are just some ideas of things we could do. But what I am personally doing is telling the pen pals that I already have, those that I have found through pen pal websites, if they are about to be transferred to a different facility, they should feel free to share my address with someone who's looking for a pen pal. If they know someone who is about to be transferred, they can share my address. And like Juan and Daniel, if they're about to be released, share my address before you leave. Why do I say that? Why is it specifically people being transferred or released? Just because as a good rule of thumb, you don't want to write to more than one person in the same facility. It could cause jealousy. It could just be that you got a letter from one of your pen pals and not from the other one. So you responded to it. But if both of them know that they write to you and only one gets a letter, it could cause jealousy. It could be that a letter gets lost in the mail. And again, you don't want to have to worry about any type of misunderstanding between your pen pals. So why not just write to one person? There are plenty of places for you to write to plenty of pen pals that you don't have to worry about them going to the same place. So that's what I did. One of my pen pals shared my address with someone. So I get this letter in the mail from someone I don't know, I've never heard of before. And he tells me that where he got my address, the handwriting is beautiful cursive handwriting. 
And he kind of paints this picture. He says, I'm sorry if my handwriting is messy, if I'm spelling things incorrectly, which is just hilarious because I wouldn't know if you were spelling things incorrectly. Please don't worry about that. He said he was using a book on his lap for a desk. And I can just picture him balancing this book. And yet, even through his apology, his handwriting was great. It looks like an artist. You know, you can just tell when someone has lovely handwriting that they're probably very good at drawing also. So he tells me that he's a vet, like a veteran. I specify right now because I'm about to tell you he also loves animals. So uh, he was, I think, in the Marines and he loves animals, especially tigers. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I love animals too. We've got something to talk about already. And then he asked me something that my other pen pals have asked before, if I would go to his Facebook page and print out some of his personal pictures to mail to him. Sure, I can do that. He says, you'll know it's me because my, uh, because I'm covered with face and neck tattoos. All right. Now, I will tell you when he wrote that, perfectly honest, I've got face and neck tattoos, did not occur to me to be intimidated by this statement at all. I, I watch Ink Master. I watch videos on YouTube about tattoos. I've seen people with subtle and tasteful tattoos on their face, maybe a tattoo behind their ear or, or something like that. It's not necessarily intimidating just to hear that this person has face and neck tattoos, right? So I go to Facebook, ready to find his profile and print out some pictures. I didn't think he had that common a name, but even knowing what state he was from, there were just, you know, profile upon profile upon profile with this name. So I figure I've got to figure out which one is his. There was one profile and the man had a tattoo on his neck, but his face was in profile, in his profile pic, a side profile profile pic. So I said, well, I don't, I don't know if he has a face tattoo. You know what I'm going to do? I have this guy's inmate number. Let me Google search with the inmate number, and then I will, I'll probably see a mugshot, but I will see a picture of him, and that is going to help me to match up the correct Facebook page. So I go and I Google my new pen pal. When he says he has face and neck tattoos, I mean he has face and neck tattoos. He's got like sugar skull tattoos on his face and the top of his head, his whole head is bald and the top of his head is a spider web and neck tattoos wrapping all around his neck. And how do I say this? I, if I had seen this picture first, I never would have thought, sure, we've got a lot in common. Let me write to this person. When I was dating, I'm going to go back again to the beginning, 20 years ago, I, it was before the time of dating apps. So I've never done internet dating, but I just don't know that that type of matchmaking would work for me. When I first saw my husband, I thought, I, I didn't think anything of him. He did not catch my eye at all. It was just, oh, yep, there's that guy. You know, it wasn't until I got to know him that I thought, he is a really attractive guy. And the same is still true today. There's this show that I like, Taskmaster. It's a British show where a group of comedians compete. I watch it on YouTube. And 
there every season, there's a different group of comedians. And I promise you every season, don't tell my husband. I mean, he listens to the podcast, but he'll forget all about this anyway. Every season, there is a guy that I go, oh my good, oh, I would love to go on a date with Raj or Mike or Ramesh or John or Joe. So if, but I am telling you, if you could see these guys, if I was just given a photograph, I would swipe left on every single one of them every single time. But once you see how funny and clever and approachable and interesting they are, I just think we would have the best time doing anything, you know? So I already know that what I'm looking for in a friend or maybe in dating a comedian is different from my perception of someone's photograph. I already know that I have prejudices that I need to overcome. I need to open up my mind, open up my heart. But let's talk about prejudices for a second. Yes, I make certain assumptions about someone when I see them. If you are wearing a three-piece suit, I'm going to assume something about your personality. If you're wearing sweatpants, I'm going to assume something about your personality. If you are in overalls and your fingernails are dirty, I'm going to assume something about your personality. These are things that you have done. These, Those are the clothes you have purposefully chosen. Now, I'm not going to assume if I see you in overalls that you've never worn a three-piece suit, but certainly I'm going to assume some things about you. If you have face and neck tattoos, you put them there on purpose. I mean, I guess you could tell me some strange exception, but most assuredly, you put them there on purpose, especially because there are so many. It's not like you got one and regretted it and never got another one. There was tattoo after tattoo after tattoo. So what does that mean? Does it mean you wouldn't enjoy a conversation with a soccer mom. That's what I consider myself, a soccer mom whose kids don't actually play soccer, but they do other stuff. We're always driving around and there's lots of conversation about family stuff. You know, I just feel like if I saw a person with face and neck tattoos and we were both waiting for the bus, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't expect for them to be interested in the same line of conversation that I'm interested in. That's all. But I went ahead and wrote back to this guy with the face tattoos and talked to him about art and what I thought about his handwriting. And I said, you know what? I got to admit, if I saw your picture on a profile site, I would have just skipped right past it. I would have just assumed you're not interested in a friendship with somebody like me. You know, a 40-something soccer mom mom. But maybe I'm wrong. You got to tell me about those tattoos. When did you get them? Do you still like them? Do you want more? What kind of a reaction do you get from people from them? What is the meaning of all of the different tattoos? Do you hang out with other people who have this many tattoos? Are you a, a tattoo artist? These are the things that I'm, I'm curious about now that we've brought up the subject. Now that we are addressing the elephant in the room, do you have any elephant tattoos? I love elephants. Let's talk about that too. So I will let you know as soon as I hear back from this gentleman. And uh, yeah, 
we'll figure out how good of friends I can become with someone uh, who has face and neck tattoos. Why not? All right. So there's one other thing that I want to discuss, and that is why I'm doing the podcast. I really think people in prison need pen pals, right? And I would really love to encourage you to get a pen pal in prison. Seriously, I think it's a good idea. It is, if you are feeling like it is unsafe for some reason, you know, we can do a whole episode about that. It is not unsafe. It is, you can also take extra precautions to make yourself feel better about the situation, such as using email, like I mentioned before, using a pseudonym for your last name. You don't have to tell them what state you're in. I promise you, it will be a rewarding experience for you, but mostly for the person that you are writing to. I am really hopeful that we can start a movement and get more pen pals for people in prison for their sake and for ours, because they're coming back into our communities, you know, but even those people who are in prison for life or even on death row, I really believe in their humanity and their dignity and that they can also benefit from a friendship with someone like us. But I understand you're like a fly on the wall, right? You're listening to the podcast. It's this weird thing that Claire does, but you're not really interested in actually doing it. Fine. You're a listener. I get that. I'm going to ask you to tell other people about the podcast. Let's get somebody else involved in listening, and maybe they will turn into someone who writes to pen pals in prison. But let's admit it. You might tell your friend and they might also become a listener. So you can't just tell one person. You need to keep telling people until one of those people that you've told, well, even beyond that, as many people as you can tell, hoping that as many of them as possible start writing to friends in prison and they will tell other people and they will tell other people. So we can have our listeners, but our listeners also have to be active recruiters until every single prisoner has friends on the outside, people that will listen to them, people that will talk to them, people that will encourage them, lift them up and help them to transform their hearts and transform their lives. So please tell everyone that you know about the podcast. I'll see you next time. And as always, find your own friends in prison. <laughs>